Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your help in time of need. Lord, you're the all-sufficient one. You're the gracious one. You're kind to us. And today we ask you for uh, direction, understanding. Lord, we give you place. We yield ourselves to you. Have your way in this service. The rest of the time we have together, may your plans and purposes be accomplished in every life. We open up our hearts to receive of you. Lord, we eat the good word of God today. It's nutritious. It's strengthening to us. It sustains us. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I began a series, new series of messages last week that I decided to call Picked to Produce. Picked to Produce. Everybody ready for some more of this today? All right. The other title was Out on a Limb. And uh, third title, what was the third title? Bounty Hunter. Anyway, it's quite a process to come up with a title. <laughs> the title's everything, right? Well, not really, but it <laughs> doesn't hurt. Uh, picked to produce. Let's read John 15 and verse 16. Jesus said here, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. It is God's plan that we be fruit bearers, all right? None of us were designed, we were not created uh, to be barren, to be dead, <laughs> to be lifeless, to be unproductive. All of us were designed with a purpose in mind, and, and we were designed to produce. I shared with you last week that even from the beginning, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And that really is true concerning the various elements of our lives, not just in bearing children, uh, but that we are to be productive. We are to be fruitful. And if I'm made to produce, made to be fruitful, and I'm not, you know, logic says there's something wrong. Right? Doesn't mean there's something right, it means there's something wrong. Something's something's out of whack, out of kilter. Something's not working like it's supposed to work. And uh, I think sometimes we have a um, an opportunity, we have a situation where we slip into things that we didn't intentionally do. Uh, but over time, we kind of it's possible for a believer who was once a fruit producer to slip into a situation where not much is coming out of their life. In other words, one, at one time, they were being mightily used of God. There was fruit coming from their life. Fruit is something you can see, <laughs> something outward. It's not just something inward. Um, but then over time, a period of time, the fruit is less. The fruit is less. The fruit doesn't look as good. Fruit is less, and they don't really notice it. Maybe you've noticed, maybe you can say that this has happened in your life, but over time, uh, things have changed. And it's kind of like the, like the kitchen sink. Some, you ever had that with, the, with your kitchen sink or a bathroom faucet where uh, over time, you don't notice it right away, but your water pressure decreases. And Again, you might, you might go for a year, you might go for more than a year, and it's just kind of getting less and less 
and less and less. And then finally, one day, you think, there's something wrong with this. The water pressure's not good. So what do you do? You call up the city, right? And you say, could you turn up the pressure in my sink? Is that what you do? I mean, it's their fault, right? <laughs> no, hopefully you don't do that first. Uh, but probably what you do is you, in fact, someone gave me an illustration since this came up last night. You take this little thing. Can you see that? And you start unscrewing this from under the faucet until it comes off. Then you take this thing apart. And I don't like to take these apart because I don't remember how to go back together. <laughs> but sometimes what you find is you find that little filter in there and you find it's all full of sand and rocks. And you think, ah, look at all that. What's all that? Now that is, I guess, the city's problem. <laughs> but uh, it came through there. And so now you're... you're your filter there is all clogged up. And you, so you clean that out and hopefully get it put back together right. And you screw that thing back on there again. And uh, you turn your faucet on and wow, all of a sudden you've got a free, smooth, powerful flow of water, right? That's really what happens in people's lives over time if they don't learn how to get cleaned out. In other words, something comes between the source and the outflow. Something comes between what things are coming from God and then coming through our lives. And is it, is it a problem with the Lord? Do we need to say, Lord, I need more pressure here. I, I need a greater flow. Huh? Well, actually, He never changed. He never turned it down on you. He never reduced you. But what happened is something got in between the, the, the source and the outflow, and that's what we need to do. We need to get in there and clean some things up. The Lord desires for you and I to be fruitful, for there to be a flow not only to us but through our lives. If that flow isn't evident, if it's not flowing freely, if it's not powerful, there's some junk in the way. There are some hindrances in the way of what God wants to do, all right? And so we see here in this scripture that we should be asking the Father for things in Jesus' name. We're supposed to be doing that. Why? Well, uh, that's what he told us to do, and that's part of, the, part, part of the fruits. See, we, while we're here on earth, have a right to ask God for things. We have the privilege and the right and the authority to bring things from God into the earth. All right? Once you die and go to heaven, you no longer have any influence on the earth. There's something about having an earth suit. There's something about being in a physical body that gives you a right to change things here, and not just with natural efforts, but through spiritual power. And so while we're here, because that's not going to be very long, before you know it, see ya, we're out of here. We have no more influence on this world and people in this world. But while we're here, we can be a vessel that God will flow through, that God will move through. Amen. So we must take advantage of this. That's why he said, you've got to do some asking the Father in the name of Jesus, and he'll give you whatever you ask. So ask now. Is it okay for a <laughs> believer to be unfruitful? Okay, that might be okay with some people, 
But that's not okay with the Lord. He did not intend us to live that way, unproductive and unfruitful. And really, it's very dissatisfying if nothing's coming through your life. If you don't have your fingerprint on this world, that is God working through you and changing lives as a result. And so it's not okay with the Lord. Let's make that our own commitment that it's not okay with us either. All right, let's go back to verse 1 now. John 15 and verse 1. Jesus speaking here again, red letter guy. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to or for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you will be my disciples. God is glorified when we bear fruit. Do you see that? Praise God. Now, sometimes when you, whenever you discuss this passage of pruning and purging and cleaning, uh, there are people that have been taught, and usually you have to be taught wrong to believe wrong, um, if, you, if you have a Bible. Uh, but people have been taught incorrectly, and therefore they view hardships that come to their life as God pruning them, or they view that they're, they're battling a sickness, or they lost their job, they're having a financial trouble, they're having a problem in the home, having a marriage issue, having an emotional issue, having, ha- having something go wrong in their life, you'll hear Christians now say sometimes, well, the Lord is just pruning me. The Lord is just working on me, and that's why I'm just going through this season of pruning in my life and that's why everything's kind of hard it's things are falling apart things are difficult that is unscriptural that is not what is being taught here okay in, in, not in any one of those situations when someone is just really going through it could that be accurately and biblically described as a pruning by the lord the lord is getting in there that's why you're suffering right now no that's not what he's teaching here in fact if you look at look with me again at verse 2 it says uh, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may, may bear more fruits so God's will is to take us from wherever we are into a greater place into more increasing production and activity through our lives. What does he do? He 
Help me now. He prunes it so that we'll be more productive, more fruitful. All right. Verse 3, again. Now, he's talking to his disciples here. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He spoke a word to his disciples, or words, uh, uh, he spoke words, and he said that word cleaned them. Do you know that word there, translated cleaned, from the Greek word, meno, is the same word translated prunes in verse 2, okay? So we could say, you are already, talking to his disciples now, and really any of us who have heard the word and to the degree that we have, that you are already pruned, cleaned up, get the dead branches out, get anything extra out of there. You are already cleaned, pruned, trimmed up by the word that I have spoken to you. How does God prune us? Not through blowing up your car, killing your pet. You know what I'm talking about? No, no, no. He cleans us or prunes us by speaking to us. His word comes to me, and that is the chicka, 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 chicka. That is the thing that gets all the junk, or we could say, if, if that's Jesus' example, mine. That is the thing that gets the rocks out. It's the thing that gets the gravel and the sand out of, uh, out of the way so there is a free flow of God through our lives. How does he get it out? He speaks. That's why we must value at all times what God would say to us. For every time we, we receive a word from God, click or chick, <laughs> chicka, chicka, chicka. <laughs> What's happening? If I receive a word from God, I just got some junk removed out of the way, and now my faucet's running faster. In other words, now my tree is producing better fruit. Now my life is more productive for him. This is a good thing. This is a very good thing. Every time you read the word of God, you read the Bible, listen for God to speak to you. Listen for those words to come alive in you. Today, as I'm teaching and preaching the word, listen for God to speak to you. Because if you receive a word from God, there goes some of that junk. There goes some of that hindrance. There goes some of that, 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 that junk that's in the way that's hindering the flow of God's free uh, life-producing spirit in our lives. And so God is not pruning us with trials and tests. I'm just going through a trial. Well, I'm not saying a person's not. And I'm, according to James, you can take advantage of a trial by counting it joy, okay? But that doesn't mean it came from God. And that doesn't mean that that's his method of pruning us. Right. Amen. He, again, wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. You know, this is kind of a side note, but we've always told our children over the years, there's two ways to learn. There's the easy way. And there's the hard way. You know what the easy way is? You do what I tell you. I speak, or your mom speaks, and you hear it, and you do it. And it's done. Then there's a hard way. Right? And the hard way, when it, you know what that hard way is. 
Solomon called it the rod of correction. <laughs> and it's an effective method. And, uh, but in life, this world will clean your clock. You know, it's, it's been said that the school of experience is a great teacher, but the tuition is way too high. And I've learned some things by experience, but you know what? I'd rather learn from the book. I'd rather learn, tell me what to do. I'd rather read the sign that says, keep hands out, than to stick my hand in, get it chopped off, and learn about the power of that electrical or, you know, mechanical uh, equipment. <laughs> I learned both ways, but one cost me a hand, right? And so let's not be setting our goal, up. Just, the Lord's teaching me through this circumstance. Well, ask Him to stop. <laughs> Say, Lord, teach me like you would a son, because this is really, this is the way He will. Like your own child. Tell me what to do. Amen. And then if you don't do it and you go ahead and get your hand cut off, don't blame him. Well, the Lord's pruning me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, that wasn't the Lord. That wasn't his plan. That wasn't his will. All right. He had another, another method in mind. And, uh, and, and these are the things that we should keep in mind. Now, I know this is, for some, that, that's a new way of thinking uh, because Maybe you've been taught differently for a long time, but let's look at the Scripture. I mean, uh, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm doing my best to explain accurately the Word of God, but look at it for yourself and see if that's what the Lord is saying here, and you'll see that He is, okay? And so uh, this series, this message we're bringing is designed to clean you up. What do I mean? I don't mean spiritually. If, you're, if you've received Jesus, you're, you're spiritually clean, you're 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 complete in Him. That's not the issue. But is there something that's hindering a full, fruitful life? And those are the things that we want to get cleaned up. Colossians chapter 1, you don't need to turn there, but Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10 is a prayer. It says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. How? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The way that I please my Father is I am fruitful. Just like what Jesus said, the Father is glorified that we bear much fruit. And we're even to be praying these days, praying that we would walk worthy, fully pleasing Him, praying that we would be fruitful in all that we do. Praise God. I want to go back and look at another word here in this passage. You'll see it in a couple different places. And it's the word abide. All right. We are told, again, Jesus said, if you'll abide in me, uh, you'll bear much fruit, all right? And it, it is this abiding, and I don't know about you, I don't use that, whole, that word a whole lot just in, in daily conversation. You know, someone calls and say, what are you doing? I'm just abiding in my office. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I've just been abiding. <laughs> uh, but it is a biblical word. We should have a good understanding of, of, of what, what it refers to. And uh, Actually, just a few minutes ago, I gave you the wrong, I, I, I gave you that word for clean, I, and I didn't give you the right word. It, I was still accurate in the definition, but the word mino that I mentioned is actually the word abide. I'm going to freshen up on my Greek. <laughs> um, but the word abide comes from the word M-E-N-O. Okay, and that word basically means, if you read it from the Strong's Concordance, any of you can do this, uh, it, it, it means to stay, to stay. And it says, in a given place, state, 
relation or expectancy. It's, it's an issue of remaining. It, that, that word is translated in our Bible, uh, in the King James Bible, abide, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand, and tarry. There are the same word, and it's given all these English words that it's used depending on the context. But when the Lord says that we should abide in Him, what, should we, what image should we have? Well, you know, I live at my house. I could say I abide in my house. I don't abide in a hotel room. I may visit a hotel room. I may go there from time to time. But where I stay... Where I remain, I could say that's my house, okay? When it's talking about our relationship with the Lord, we need to understand that what is necessary is a staying, okay? A remaining, a consistency, not a in and out. And what many people do through their life, and this is one of the reasons they have a lot of hardships, And one of the reasons they are very unproductive, very little fruit coming out of their lives, is they don't stay. They don't remain. They are too inconsistent in the Lord. And what what, what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people, when things are going really hard, when their life is falling apart, uh, they start to pray. And they start to get in the Word. And they start to get in church, and they start to seek the Lord, and they, they, they pursue Him. They start getting connected to the source of, of, of life. And, uh, but when things are well, when everything's doing good, all the problems are fixed, and the Lord is merciful, He's kind, He'll help us, uh, then what happens? They go back to their own ways, go back to the way they were. They go back to their disconnected life. They're disconnected from the Lord. And so there's this up and down and in and out. And how many know if you're connecting and disconnecting and staying and then leaving, uh, you're not abi- that's not called abiding. That's not abiding. And what, what's the result of that? Little or no fruit. You cannot produce more and much fruit by living your lives that way. There must be at all times this abiding presence of God. There must be this stayingness to us, okay? Now, uh, we know that when we're speaking about this, it's not talking about us going in and out of Christ as if, as if I'm saved one day and I'm not saved the next day. Saved, not saved, saved, not saved. That, that, how many know that's not scriptural for a person to just kind of go that way? And Because uh, the Bible never talks about being born again again. And so, since it doesn't, I guess you can't be born again again. You know, saved, I sin, I'm lost. So our, our salvation is not based upon whether we're fruitful or not. Fruit is a result of it, but I, it's not based on if I do enough, then I'm still in Christ. So, so this passage can't be referring to a person being in Christ or out of Christ, but it is more of a practical reality of our connectivity with the Lord. So it's not positional but it's practical. So it must then refer to our mindset. It must refer to our communion with the Lord. It must refer to our reliance upon Him. 
when that is full time, then his life will flow through us. There will be a continued bearing of fruit. If that's not the case, watch now, full time, then we greatly limit and reduce anything we can have in this life, anything that can come through us. It doesn't mean I'm not saved, but it does mean, it does mean that when I get to heaven, I won't be rewarded for, for most of my life. Now, I know some might think that's not a big deal as long as I make heaven. That's, a, that's an earthly human perspective. Well, it's not a big deal as long as I miss hell and go to heaven. You, people think that way now, and a whole lot of people think that way. The goal is just to get to heaven. The moment we arrive, like the second, second, that will no longer be our mindset. We will no longer think that way. Because heaven and the, the future of our existence is about the results or the reward of what we've done with the time we have here. It will affect your eternity. Yeah, it will. I like what our, what our, our friend Joe Moore says. She says, you're writing your resume today for the millennium. And it's going to determine what we're doing. I can't fully explain that, but I can take God at his word. There are absolutely rewards that differ from person to person based on what they did with what God gave them. But there needs to be, if I'm abiding in him, I'm staying in him. Then there is a continued reliance. Come help me. There's a continued reliance upon the Lord. Right? Catch me. All right? Right now, I am completely reliant upon Pastor PJ. In other words, if he wanted to, he could let me go. If he let me go right now, I'm telling you, I'm hitting the ground. <laughs> Escort that person out. <laughs> but can you see, when I... <laughs> just kidding, you almost left. <laughs> Uh, now, what was I saying? Everything's still good here? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> a lot of people, uh, they don't want to live this way in relationship to God. We always want to be able to reach on and hang on to something. But right now, if he, if he fails me, I'm dead. I'm, you know, I'm on the ground. I'm gone. I'm completely reliant upon him. My relationship with the Lord, thanks, should be that way as well. In other words, if God does not come through, I'm toast. If God does not do what he said he would do, I'm going under. And this is why so often, listen, people do not see the strength of God, the ability and sustaining power of God, because they're doing this And we hold on to natural things, you know what, just in case. And we treat God like he is more unfaithful than a person. I mean, I trust him that when I tell him, catch me, that he's going to do it. But you know what, he's a human being. Shouldn't we be able to trust the Lord so much more that if he gave us a promise, we can jump in his lap and know that he's going to catch us. 
Amen. You ever do that thing where you have people fall backwards? The trust game? You fall back. <laughs> yeah, we had a one of our nieces and nephews years ago. They were small. They got, somehow they climbed a tree in a previous home and got on our roof. All of a sudden they're up on the roof. How old were they? Four and six, she says, maybe. <laughs> They're up there on the roof. And so we're telling them to get down. How do you get down? Well, they're just going to jump to me. <laughs> and, uh, but they jumped without fear, without hesitation. And uh, I, I forget which one it was. Yeah, one of them I had down, got on the ground. The next one was in the air. I'm like not even ready. <laughs> and uh, it's just, you know, ended up catching and surviving but it was like they weren't afraid but it was like my heart was beating <laughs> at that last second like ah here they come but uh talking about trust they trusted they wouldn't get hurt and uh, uh but our lives if I'm going to be abiding in him a lot of it is that I'm not having plan b I don't have an alternate method no I'm going to stand on God's word I, I believe it will hold me up period now comes the power and life and ability of God. Now His promises are seen manifest and coming to pass in our life. But too often, we never get to that, po- that place. We never get there because, and we're just not sure. And we're talking about the Lord here, which is, you know, can be a, a sad situation. But staying is how this thing works. Staying. Staying, not visiting. Not occasionally stopping by, staying. Look at verse 7 with me again. Uh, He says, um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's a powerful verse and we, we, we teach that some when we teach on prayer. But notice the qualifiers there. If you abide in me and so there's see the if if you do this and this if you abide in me and my words abide in if you stay in me not visit not hi how's it going there goes the lord if you stay in me and my words stay in you then you get whatever you pray for You get whatever you ask for. You get whatever you want. If, if you stay, and if my word stays in you. See, is it really possible for God's word to stay in us like 24-7? Yes. Yeah, it really is. Do any of you ever have background music playing in your mind? I mean, it's like you didn't intentionally turn it on, and you don't always even realize that it's there, but if you stop and get quiet, there it is. There's like a song playing. I don't know if everyone can relate to that. I see a number of people can, but everyone can relate to the background noise. Some, many people, we've probably all done it at times, we've done it with worry, and it's like you're doing your work, and you're doing things throughout the day, you got stuff going on. But every time you stop for a second, that problem is there. Wham! It's like that worry, that concern. Bam! It's there. It's almost like you're abiding in it. 
And that's, of course, in the negative sense, that will do you harm. If you abide or stay and remain in that kind of mental state. But this just proves the point. It's possible for God's word and God's love and his presence and all that he is to stay in our thinking at all times. It's just always there. Yes, I use my mind and my body and my energy and time for other things. I've got things I need to do in life. But it's like in the background. Oh, there's God's word. It's playing. There's God's presence, his love for me. It's just there. But watch this. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you. I want to understand this from a biblical New Testament perspective. That is not a performance issue to where God is saying, if you will be diligent to pray, to read your Bible, to do spiritual things, to do this stuff, then I will reward you with the answer to your prayer. That's not what it's saying. Okay, everything we receive from God comes by his grace because of his love, not because of our goodness or our our merit. It comes because of what he is. All the Lord is doing here is telling us how it works because there sometimes is something between. There is that clogged upness. There is the dead branches that need to be pruned away. He's saying this is how you create a fruitful life. This is how your prayer life works. You must stay in certain things. And a lot of it, again, is our mental area. It's not what he is. It's what we know that he is. It's not what he's given. It's what we know that he's given. And if I will remain there, it's not a performance issue. It's just a, this is the, these are the laws that govern the system. It's like if someone says, um, I need, to, I need you to pray for my marriage. My marriage is not doing real well. I need prayer for it. Well, okay, we can do that. But you know, honestly, the question I want to ask more than, uh, you know, what do you want me to pray for specifically, is I would say, dude, how, how are you treating your wife? I would say, you know, wife, how are you treating your husband? Because when you read through the Bible, we've got wisdom and direction galore on how to live, on how to conduct ourselves. In that case, how how to make a marriage work. What I don't want to do is lay that aside and say, Lord, just fix it. He gave me the wisdom to fix it. And it's not that I have to do something in order to merit or gain God's approval so that he will now bless my marriage. No, my marriage will be blessed if I do what he said I should do. If I treat my wife correctly using the wisdom that he has given, then that will produce results. But you see, it's not that, okay, you did this, now I'll reward you with a good marriage. No, that really good, that good marriage didn't really come from God. Other than the wisdom he gave me to make it work. Likewise, I just use that to illustrate this point when it comes to our prayer life. It's not that, okay, you've got to do X, Y, and Z, then God will bless your prayer life. No! It's just that it takes X, Y, and Z to make the prayer life work. There are conditions that we thrive in. 
There are conditions that our hearts will thrive in and it will receive and bear fruits. And we've just got to make sure those things are in place. Then it's natural. Then it's easy. Then it's a free and normal flow of our lives. Not a matter of God giving or withholding. He tells us how the system works. Amen. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Who, 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 who gets perfect peace? The one whose mind is abiding. The one whose mind is stayed on the Lord. So, so you're saying, if I don't think about the Lord all the time, he's going to take his peace away from me. No, that's not what happened. In the new covenant, we've been given peace. Peace has been deposited on the inside of every believer. But I can interrupt the flow of that. I can, I can be a hindrance to that by letting my mind be on crazy stuff. Letting my mind be occupied with fear and worry and, and different things like that. I interrupt the flow of what God has already freely given me. See, the Lord tells us how our minds work, our bodies work, how the kingdom of God works. Didn't Jesus continually teach that? Don't we continually see that kind of language? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And he'll tell a story. He's basically explaining to people how things work. This is the, this, these are the rules that govern this system. If I'll learn about them, I can walk in them and take advantage of all the blessings. So if something's not working, I'm probably not working the system. And I don't mean it's impersonal in any regard. The Lord is a living, loving Father to us, and, uh, and He will talk to us, but He will help us to see how things work. Now, uh, John chapter 8, let me, let me try to speed up here. John chapter 8 and verse 31, 831. When you have it, say Amen. All right, 831, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you do what? If you stay, if you remain, if you continue, if you abide in my word, then you're a disciplined follower, a disciple. But what if you don't stay? What if you don't remain? You're not my disciples indeed. Again, not talking about salvation per se. Talking about living for God. Following Him to this end. That something comes out of our lives. Something that will remain a thousand years from now. We'll still be living in the reward of it. A thousand years from now we'll still be thankful and glad. That we did the will of God. That we cleaned out the rocks in the sand. Come on now. We, 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 we did something different. In John 15, just turn right back there real quick. John 15 in verse 9. 15, 9. Jesus writes here, or speaking here, says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Notice he said, just like the Father loved me, I love you. Then what did he say? Stay there. But listen, take off the, the, sec, the last part there of verse 9. Take abide in my love off. As the Father loved me, I also have loved 
you? Did he love us before we made any kind of decision or obedience, act of obedience to abide in his love? His love precedes that. So his love for me is independent of how I respond to it. His love for me has nothing to do with whether I abide in it or not. That's good news. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. But because that's the case, his love for me does not change. Now he says, stay in that. What does that have? How do I stay in his love? It's not a matter of, again, I'm saved one day, not saved the next day. Can't be referring to that. That's inconsistent with the rest of Scripture. It has to be a matter of our mindset. Has to be a matter of I need to stay, continue in the mindset where I know that He loves me, where I know that He, what He has provided and what He's done for me. Knowing changes everything. And living now, staying means I continually know this. I am continually aware of this. Ongoing, I have a consciousness and awareness of God's love for me. He went on to say, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. What does that mean? Well, when I'm abiding in his love, what he says to me matters. And when he speaks, because of my place with him, I listen to him. What is that? That's life, it's sustenance, it's nutrients, it's all that, he, all that the divine has. He tells me to do things. I receive of that. And here comes an orange. What if I don't do that? What if I don't listen to him when he talks to me? And I close my ears to his voice. I cut off what is necessary to make me fruitful. Amen. Whenever the Lord talks to us, it is to this end. He wants to make something special of our lives. He wants to make our lives productive, fruitful. And you know what the ultimate thing is? This is amazing. He'll tell you to do something so he can reward you for it later. I really want to reward these guys. Oh, I just like giving out rewards. I just like blessing them. I want it to last forever. So I'm going to give them some instructions. And if they'll do it, bam, here comes some fruit. What if they don't do it? Then we're not, in reality, we're not abiding. doesn't mean he doesn't love us. We're just not, we're just not living there. We're just not abiding in it. We're not staying there. We're not remaining in that place. How many know you can't hold up a branch to the trunk of the tree, you know, for like, say, 15 minutes a day and expect it to do well? Right? Well, this, man, this is not, I'm not getting any apples off my apple tree. I'm going to go hold it up to the tr- to trees more. I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. I think that'll be good. <laughs> What does it got to do? It's got to stay there. How often? All the time. Christianity is not part-time. You're not part-time Christian. You, I'll tell you what, this, you're not part-time fruit bearer. It's either always working in us or it's never working in us. Always. We've, we must remain. We must stay. But people do that with the Lord. I just need to plug into the Lord here for now. I'm going I'm to see if I can do 15 minutes. You're not going to bear any fruit that way. So, well, this sounds like it's kind of full-time. It's kind of a big deal. It is. This is the way God designed it to work. We abide in Him. We stay. His Word stays in us. Then and only then are we, are we fruitful. 
Then and only then does stuff start coming out of our lives. And the Lord is bringing us into a fruitful season, a time when we are individually going to see more results than we've ever seen. With the same or less effort, we'll see more results than we've ever seen because it is a natural flow of God through you to produce things that remain forever. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. I tell you what, and we're coming into a time in our church as well where as we individually start to produce more and as we individually start to... uh, uh, be connected to the vine more, uh, man, I tell you what, things are going to increase. Things are going to grow. Things are going to be so much more results. Talk about this testimony we saw this morning. I mean, just we won't have time to, to, to do them all. There's just too much happening. I don't have time to hear all the stories. Someone will. You tell someone. But as far as publicly, there's just too many. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God is wanting us to recognize the potential of what is happening here. And the more you stay, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever taken a magnet and uh, put it with the uh, paper clips? What happens to the paper clips? They become magnets, right? They become magnetized. And pretty soon you can string up those paper clips and they all kind of hang on to each other uh, because they were, they were magnetized. And there's something about being close in the same, in, in close proximity to something over a period of time. You take on characteristics. Many husbands and wives, uh, after being together for a long time, they, they act alike in many regards. And they, they have the same, some of the same characteristics. It's just the way that we are. And when we stay, again, I can say this a hundred times and it would probably be worthy of doing it. But we stay in the Word and we stay connected in Him at, at all times. You start looking like Jesus. And watch, you start getting, getting the same results as Him. The outflow of your life looks like the outflow of the life of God. Why? Well, I'm unplugged into Him. What do you expect? I mean, that's where I get my life and my sustenance and everything that I am. Amen. God's doing good things here today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Your spirit, He's alive and He's at work. He's in our midst to do great and mighty things. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your grace. Lord, you're a mighty God. You're mighty and you're strong in this place. Thank you for doing a work inside of us to help us clean out the junk. To remove anything that hinders. To get anything wrong out of the way. So that we might fully, fully bear fruit that remains. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. You are glorified in this. Thank you, Lord, the more fruit we produce, the more you are glorified. We honor you. We bless you today. Thank you for your help in time of need. For you are our strength and our shield, our fortress and our strong tower. You are our refuge and you are our deliverer. Lord, you are our help in time of need and you give us everything we need to succeed. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord now that rises up in each and every one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory for doing a work in us that no man can do. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit working in us now. We're not doing these things for you, but we're doing these things with you. Oh, by your spirit working in us. Our response to your ability. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing mighty things in our lives today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to hearts, for cleaning us up, 
that there is a purging going on. There is a cleaning going on. And we listen for your voice. We listen for your plan. Oh, so one day before your throne, we will stand and hear well done. A good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. We accept the moving of your spirit. We yield ourselves into the voice of God. We yield ourselves to the voice of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Making changes and making adjustments making improvements along the way. Thank you, Lord, for working in us, for doing mighty things in us today. Praise God. Praise God. Father. I